It's time for JT the Brick. Hey, JT, how you doing, man? If you're not behind Mark Davis after this, and you don't think that Mark Davis has the mind to go all in, now you have to look at the situation differently and what he's doing for you as a fan base to give you hope to win. JT the Brick. That's his job. He's the owner of the team. He's got to have an opportunity to win championships. Mark's told me a hundred times in private settings what a Super Bowl would mean to him personally. And it means more to the fan base for him than it does to him. So Mark went all in. Just win, baby. That's what they got to do. And now, here's JT the Brick. Hey, welcome back, JT, with the hour number two on Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m., live from the Raider facility. And we are brought to you by Modelo, the fighting spirit of Modelo. People stop me every day. JT, can I have a Modelo with you? JT, I want to buy you a bucket of Modelos. Hey, just support Modelo. They're a proud partner of our show. We are inside the Raider facility today at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. The Patriots are here. Bill Belichick is here. I mean, this is a big deal. I could not do this show without the Raiders and Modelo, a proud partner of our show as we get rolling here. So we got some breaking news here. Vinny Bonsignor, two minutes ago, the Raiders are releasing cornerback Chris Jones and wide receiver Chris Lacey. More cuts for the Raiders. So Vinny just tweeted out with Kenyon Drake officially coming off the roster today and the trade of Nick Mullins and Jordan Jenkins heading to the IR. The Raiders are now at 80 players, their roster limit. So they included Chris Jones and wide receiver Chris Lacey being the five there. But here's a bigger story, much bigger. Jeff Miller reporting, covering the Chargers in Los Angeles. Chargers free agent prize J.C. Jackson undergoes ankle surgery. He might, he might not be available for the home opener against the Raiders. Oh! Oh, that is a big one. Oh, wow. Mr. Interception, the prize free agent in football, other than the trade for Devontae Adams at wide receiver, J.C. Jackson, gone for two to four weeks after he had ankle surgery, the team announced. The number one free agent addition of the offseason, agreeing to a five-year contract worth $82.5 million, 40 of it guaranteed. In his absence, Michael Davis and Asante Samuel Jr. are the top two outside corners. The injury leaves Jackson's availability for the start of the season in doubt. The Chargers open up against Las Vegas on September 11th, two and a half weeks from today. Next, they play Kansas City just four days later. That is a monster move. We never root for injuries. We never root for injuries. But that's a big-time player. That is a big-time player. Jackson's 25 interceptions since he entered the league in the NFL has made him the highest-paid player ever at that position, earning his first Pro Bowl trip last year. So that's a big-time player. That is a big-time player. Jeff Miller is the Chargers beat writer for the L.A. Times. So you don't want to see that guy. And I like playing the Chargers week one. I could be completely wrong. But if Justin Herbert doesn't play, I'd rather him come in rusty. You could say the same thing about Derek Carr, but Derek's got this unbelievable chemistry with Devontae, which you'll hear about coming up here in a minute. So that's a big deal. Oh, no. That's, that's what it says at the LATimes.com. Oh, no. Chargers free agent prize undergoes ankle surgery. 
Mr. Interception, J.C. Jackson. Now, remember, they also have Derwin James signed long-term, and he hasn't been available a lot in this Raiders rivalry. And as I remind people nationally over the years that Keenan Allen has not been able to ruin the Raiders and Mike Williams haven't ruined the Raiders the way a lot of people expect. Now, Justin Herbert's a different story. He's great. He's played well against the Raiders. So that is a developing story here that we're going to keep an eye on after it looks like the Raiders were a little bit better than the Chargers today or maybe a lot better than the Chargers. Greg Bedard, who we had on a week ago from the Boston Sports Journal, and he was previously with the Boston Globe and Sports Illustrated, he wrote three hours ago that the Raiders have completely dominated both sides so far. First three Patriots snap in team were a stuff, stuff, and a sack. Mac Jones, five of nine and seven on seven. Henry reception, only one down, play downfield. Devontae Adams is unfair. Then Greg Bedard wrote, it gets worse. Worst offensive practice of camp. Mac Jones picked off to end the awful two-minute drill. He was pissed and paced the sideline. And the Patriots did something really good in the two-minute drill before the end of practice. Uh, Patriot beat riders and the people I talked to, I got a couple of friends on the other side, pretty blown away by what they see here. Absolutely blown away by the facility here in Henderson. And Kevin Durant is back with Brooklyn. That was made official. So assuming Kyrie is going to be there and Kevin Durant, uh, looks like there's some stability there. Uh, the unraveling of the Durant deal and Kyrie Irving. Uh, Adrian Wojnarowski described it almost like Kobe Bryant years ago who might have left the Lakers. And then they all came together and Kobe eventually won another championship. So can that happen here? That's the biggest story in the NBA today. I wanted to get that here at the top of the hour. There's a lot of baseball news, Yankees Subway Series, Dodgers are almost unbeatable, and the Angels owner, Artie Moreno, is exploring the possibility of selling the team. But that's a big-time story with J.C. Jackson with that ankle surgery. All right, Derek Carr just met the media about an hour ago right here at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. We go to the press conference. Oh, buddy. We did. Derek, I asked. Coach Belichick today about the advantages of joint practices over preseason games. He talked about personnel that could be able to play here in nine games. For you personally, I know that you enjoy it. What do you like best about the joint practices over preseason besides getting to play? Yeah, joint joint practices. Um, people show they, they show more stuff. You know, it's not as vanilla. Um, you know, for everyone to see. Uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so I think that's something I've always loved about it. Um, and, and when you when you practice against, you know. Two coaches that know each other too. I mean, the guys are keeping each other safe, all that kind of stuff. So you're getting full speed to impact, you know. And so you, you know who won the rep and who, you know, all that kind of stuff. But I just, I just love the the different looks you get. It's a different defense. It's a different, uh, you know, philosophy. It's all those, all those kind of things. Situations come up, and um, you know, I think that you can get a, a lot accomplished rather than just you know 14 or 15, you know, snaps in a preseason game. Derek, um, today was the first chance. Pretty much the entire first team offense, or whatever the top players um, sends uh, Darren Waller, but a chance to go against another team's number one defense, communicating at the line of scrimmage, kind of get an understanding of where you guys are with this offense. Yeah. How, how do you think it went, and where do you think you are with the offense? Yeah, I think um, I think if I'm honest, we still have um, room to improve. Um, you know, I think that there's some things that we did really well today, and there's some things that when we turn the film on, we're gonna be like, oh wow, you know. Stuff that doesn't even catch your eye. Some stuff that, wait, we had a good play, so everyone's excited. 
but you're like, oh man, this is close to not not being so good, right? And so um, I think that one thing I believe in that Josh keeps talking about is just not getting caught up in where we're at, just just get caught up in where we're going, you know, and always constantly just trying to be better and. And that's just what he keeps preaching. So that's what we keep preaching because he's our leader, you know. And I think that, you know, again, we're at a place where we can, you know, play competitive football and all that kind of stuff. So um, it's exciting and it's fun to be able to have all those reps with the guys today. Um, but again, I still think that there's always room in certain areas to definitely improve. You talked a lot about even before Devontae got here about going back to your, your time in college where you could just throw the ball up sometimes yeah. and know that he was going to be there and be able to make the play. Uh, yeah. Saw a few of those types of plays today where yeah. you guys are making that connection. Is that connection has it been reconnected? Or are you continuing to work on it? Where is that process? Yeah, I mean, I think um, I think it's something that you guys have been watching and, and seeing through through camp. Um, you know, uh, on the field is is what matters. You know, we can talk about it all we want, but if we can't do it against our defense or against whoever comes into town, then it's a problem, right? And so far, it's been it's been good. It's been it's been fun. Uh, him and I will, will both tell you that there's still things that that I'm used to doing that he's used to doing, and we're we're finding that place in between to okay, this let's do it this way, let's do that. And we're still working, and um, you know nothing's promised, but we've been able to hit some big plays um, here and there, and um, you know, and we've missed on a few where we're like, oh man, we could do it like this, and then we make the correction, and that's what this time is for. And you hope that there's more positive plays than there are correctable plays, and and so far it's been it's been a lot of fun. Derek, um, Jermaine Illuminor has been around here uh, for a minute now. How have you seen him grow, and is there a comfortability with, with you when he's up there now? Oh, he's a very confident guy, and so when he's in there. Um, you know, no matter who he's, who he's got to block and, you know, what's asked of him, you know you're going to get everything that he has, and that's all you can ask, you know. And, um, you know, he's going to compete. He, he's going to give it everything that he has. And I think one thing is, um, you know, he's used to, um, you know, hard coaching. And that's, you know, what, the, what, what I think is when you get guys that come into the league and they're not used to hard coaching or things like that, they, they could go the other way. But when you get coached hard every day, and you're used to it, and you're a veteran. You just keep getting better, and he's someone that I've seen do that throughout the years with with tough coaching, and um, you know, uh, you know, people you know, just pushing him to be his best. And he's worked really hard um, to be a better player uh, every year. Every time he's come in, um, you know, I hear about what he's been doing and the workouts that he's doing. He looks great and all that kind of stuff. So really, really proud of um, you know where he, where he was and where he's where he's uh, come from and where he is now. And I'm excited to see him just keep growing. Derek, what have you? learned about Josh as, you, as you've worked more closely together and how's your relationship progressed since the hiring? Yeah, our, our relationship has been great. Um, you know, we, you know, when he, when they were, I mean, last week when they were in Miami and I'm at home, he's texting me the night before the game, you know, we're sitting there talking about a preseason game that's being played, you know, and we're, you know, the thought process and just really growing that relationship, being on the same page a couple of times today where he was saying something in the headset to me or to Stiddy, I would walk over to him. I say, "Hey, when you say that, what do you mean?" You know, and I was like, "Okay," because because sometimes the same words coming from one person aren't, doesn't mean the same thing coming from somebody else, right? And so uh, I've had some coaches that say the same thing, but it means something different. And so I would just go over and make sure. And so we're just growing. We're we're working on that, um, and I'm just asking questions, learning as much as I can. He's really smart, you guys. I'll know that um, he's very, very smart, and that—that's—that's that's always been my favorite part of the football game was was the mental side, you know, um, you know, being able to know basically what to do before it even happens and all that kind of stuff, and just trying to do that. And he thinks that way too, and so it's been. 
I say that to say, like, we think on the same kind of wavelength, especially offensive-minded. Um, you know, so we th see things similar, and I'm learning. I'm learning a lot from him. He's very detail-oriented. Um, I've said it before to our guys, not just with me, but, like, with the whole team, offense, defense, special teams. He knows every detail of every scheme, and that's really impressive. Along the same lines as the Jermaine question, uh, Dylan Barm has kind of made a push. Yeah, again, he's getting coached hard and he, he's taking it and he's, he's a great example of a young guy just every time. Yes, sir. And then he'll go out there and try and do it better. And if he gets in trouble, it's yes, sir. You know, and, and, and that's how it is as a young guy. I mean, you've heard, we've all heard stories where rookies get up here and they're like, I, they just told me to keep my mouth shut and keep working, you know, and he's one of those guys that just does that. And he's, he's grinded. He's working. Uh, he's got, he's got a, um, you know, some some areas that I'm sure that he's going to want to continue to improve in, but he but from where he started, he's come a long way, and he's uh, you know he's taken the coaching, he's trying to he's he's trying to do it the right way, and you know at that position, you got to do it the right way, and uh, you know he he's doing that. I'm proud of him. You know he's working really hard, and uh, and our coaches are pushing him to get everything out of him, and he's accepting it really well. A couple of times during practices with joint teams, of course, things get chippy, but today things were pretty calm. What was your initial thoughts of the demeanor of your team? Oh, yeah. I mean, it was super competitive, but um, there was emphasis, like, we're, we're just not going to fight. We're not going to put up with that kind of stuff, you know, and 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 usually that's the case. Usually that's what, you know, right, we're not fighting, and then sure enough, I'm standing on the outside of a 100-man brawl, you know, and uh, um, especially like last year. I remember standing next to the GM of the Rams, and we're sitting there talking, and all of a sudden I was like, okay, it's time. <laughs> I think we're done here. Um, and that wasn't the case today. And hopefully it's not the case tomorrow because there's just so much good work that we can get in uh, from a football perspective when we have these days. You're, as a captain, you take that role seriously. And so in camp, when you're learning so much new, how difficult is it to go to maybe guys that are struggling and help them and talk to them because you're trying to assimilate so much as your role as a quarterback? Yeah, you, you always want to make sure you're doing your job right. Um, you know, before you go and start correcting people all the time and, and getting, getting to a certain place, um, you know, and, 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 you know, with the coaches and with the team and to where I do feel comfortable. And, and you guys know me, the way I do it, when I see something, I'm going to go sit next to their locker and I'm going to say, I, I need you to do it like this. It's, I mean, guys know I've had the conversations with them. I was like, that, this way that you're doing this isn't good enough. You got to do it like this. And I said, I, I'm the first one to make mistakes, but you know the mistakes are the same thing every day. You know, and I and I kind of do it in a personal sense, and and uh, that's just how I've been, and I've been doing that. You know, since camp started. You know, because once OTAs, you kind of get a feel for the philosophy, you get a feel for the scheme. So now it's time to lead. Now it's time to, you know, at first it was lead by example, put the work in, put the time in. Still doing that, but now being vocal, having those hard conversations um, that aren't always fun, but I'm definitely having them with guys and just keep pushing because I. I'm just at a place in my life where, you know, I, we've been close, you know, on some good, talented teams, but that's just not enough. It's the details that cost us at the end of the Bengals game. It's the details that cost us at the end of certain games. And, um, you know, going forward, I'm just trying my best to keep pushing our guys, myself included, to make sure that we are so locked in and honed in on that. And if we screw it up, okay, do it again after practice. Okay, you screwed up, it's okay. Watch it again in the film until you really get it. You know what I mean? And so just pushing guys to do that um, really during training camps when it started, especially after learning the new offense. You guys have gotten a bunch of guys back on defense, Jonathan Hankins, Law Nichols, Trayvon Mullen, et cetera. Uh, now you've seen the defense kind of be closer to full strength really for the first time at training camp. What have you seen out of those guys just in the practices? Super competitive, right? Um, 
I don't remember what day. I don't even know what today is. But a couple of days ago, um, before the Miami game, we had a practice, and those guys were starting to get back in there. And you saw like you know what they looked like and what it could be and all that. And it, they were doing some really good things. And uh, it's exciting. Uh, I love I love Coach Graham. Um, I love our defensive staff, and they're doing such a good job of placing those guys in good places, and they're making some good plays and all that kind of stuff. So it's exciting. Again, it's practice, um, and and but you have to do it in practice before you can do it in a game. Um, that I've seen that for my nine years. Like if you can't do it in practice, you're not going to do it in a game. You know. And so uh, seeing, seeing some good things happen at practice lets you hopefully, you know, leads to good things uh, when the season starts. Derek, this being the first time that technically that you've been able to throw the ball back and forth to uh, Devontae Adams against an, an opponent, how much, how much were you looking forward to this day? And I mean, how exciting was it for you for that, that detail? Oh, yeah, it's, uh, it's exciting. Um, you know, and uh, just trying to get our reps in, right, uh, against different corners that may play a different technique or may play, uh, you know, play differently because of their body type or, you know, how they play, you know, and just getting those different reps, right, um, against different guys, different coverages, different looks. Um, and and it was, it's we were obviously looking forward to it. You know, this is obviously, as you can see, how training camp has progressed in the preseason. This was an important week for us. And so um, getting these reps is, is crucial for us. So, to be able to connect on some things is good, but the ones, um, you know, the one or two, I think we missed one. The one that we missed on the left, we're going to look at it and be hard on ourselves. You know, be like, how can we make that one? You know, to, you know, that's what I learned from Coach Gruden was awesome. You completed, you know, 26 out of 29, but what happened on these three? You know, and that, just keeping that mindset to just always strive to be better. Uh, that's what I've always done. And um, I'm even just trying to do that even more, you know, with everybody this year. You're in college again. Like you're back at Fresno State again, the two of you. Well, the, the defenses are a little better, you know. Um, no offense to the other Mountain West guys. Um, I see UNLV, two UNLV hats today. No offense, uh, but the defenses are a little more complicated and all that kind of stuff. But it does. It like when we connect on one, I have had thoughts of like, like remembering a play that, oh, we did that against that team or something like that. So yeah, you, I have those thoughts, but it's definitely different. <laughs> There was a story that came out on Saturday, Tom Brady, Dana White. Yep. Uh, are, first of all, any thoughts on that? And then also, are you kind of immune to all the nonsense? Of, By now, yeah. I would hope so, you know. Uh, I mean, it, it is what it is. Uh, you know, for me, like, I didn't even hear about it. Uh, we actually had, within the building, someone lost a family member. So, like, I was so immersed in that and just talking to that person and that kind of stuff that uh, it, it really was – it was a moment to really put things in perspective. Like, it really doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Um, I've had seasons where I didn't play in the preseason. I've had seasons where I've had a drive. I've had seasons where I played in the fourth preseason game for a whole half. You know, um, to me, it's it doesn't matter. I, I feel like if I if I work at practice the way that I'm supposed to, I'll be ready for week one. And so, um, you know, I, I I don't know if I, when I haven't played in the preseason what we week one looked like, and all, I I don't know. Um, but I, I've never felt like I wasn't ready. If that helps, um, you know, I always feel ready to play. Um, and and because I treat it, I've treated practice like that. My dad taught me to do that as a little kid, and he said just treat this like the game. And so my whole life, I've always treated it like a game, so that when the game comes, you're just you're just ready. Let's wrap it up with Vic and then Adam. What have you seen from the running back group this camp? Deep, you know, a lot of talent. Um, especially, you know, you see guys that, you know, have ability to make, you know, some 12-yard plays turn into, like, 30-yard plays, maybe more, right? And it's a deep, deep 
position, which would be tough decisions and all that kind of stuff that they've already started to make, especially in that room with a guy that was, you know, uh, productive for us and a good player in the NFL. And so it's um, it's impressive to see, no matter who's in there, the production that they've had. Um, you know, and the physicality they play with, all of them, even the guys that would be quote unquote smaller back kind of things, they still play with a certain physicality and that kind of stuff, toughness. And um, that's why I've just been impressed with them. It's a very deep room. Um, you know, that, you know, hey, this guy's in for this play. This guy, you, you wouldn't even, you know, blink your eye. You're like, yeah, he can do it. That kind of thing. Go ahead, Adam. Oh, that was good. 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 All right. We'll wrap up yeah, just real quick. Obviously, Josh, the time he spent with doing these, had his fingerprints on that yeah. office. I'm curious if you saw any glimpses when you were watching their ones. Uh-huh. Are there any glimpses of leftover of whatever it is that they're doing? And then you maybe saw and went, oh, wow, this is, and it gave you an inclination as to how to do something. Or was there anything you saw from the Patriots offense that's resonating? I got to be honest, I saw like two plays until the two-minute drive uh, because we would come off and treat it like a, like a game. I'd sit down and do the conversation, talk through it kind of thing. So if I'm honest, I didn't really. I saw only a couple plays. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Derek. Thank you. All right, everybody. That's Derek Carr. Happy we were able to get that to you. It just happened uh, right when I hit the air. So it was good that we were able to play that for you. Vinny Bonsignor was on with me earlier. We had Mike McCoy on, who was a great Raider, played for a couple of years. Legendary Green Bay Packer, and I'm wide open until the top of the hour if you want to get through. Tank Williams is supposed to join us, former NFL safety. But like to hear from some Raider fans on Kenyon Drake being gone, what's going to happen at right tackle? This is it. Vinny just sat here and he blew my mind away. Tomorrow's the last day of camp. Really long camp because the Raiders played in Canton, Ohio at the Hall of Fame game. So just stop, stop thinking of camp, training camp. It ends tomorrow. The Raiders will have a practice with the Patriots, and then they'll get ready for the Patriot game, which I don't expect much. I don't. I think it's going to be important as we cut down to 53, but after we've seen the routines of who's playing and who's not playing, I still think you're going to see four offensive line starters play because they probably need to unless Andre James doesn't need to. If Andre James has two really good practices here with the Patriots, does he have to play in that game? No. You can let Dylan Parnham play the whole game if you want at center, or you can go with the reserves and do that. Does Jermaine Illuminor need to play? If he's going to play right tackle on September 11th, does he need to play at practice tomorrow? Does he need to play in the game? Yeah, I think he does. But maybe they go, hey, we've seen enough of him. We'll shut him down too. Don't know. But I don't think you'll see Derek Carr. You won't see Devontae Adams. Devontae today destroyed the Patriots. So why would he have to destroy him in a game where he could come down and blow out his ankle or hurt a knee? No need to do that. So I think we're wrapping this thing up, and it's been long, and it's been good, and it's been a great summer, and they have to get back to work and get ready for the Chargers. We said um, J.C. Mr. interception. J.C. Jackson's had ankle surgery, had it in New York. I don't know how you have him in New York. He had it in New York, plays for the L.A. Chargers. Remember Zach Wilson got hurt, the Jet quarterback. He had surgery in L.A., not New York, wherever you can get your best doctor, I guess. If if the Chargers are missing their number one cornerback, J.C. Jackson, for week one against Devontae Adams, that's a big, big deal. They have depth. They have other corners. They don't have that type of player if he can't go. And he's definitely not going to be 100% because he had surgery. And he could be back in two to four weeks. So if they try to wheel him out there for that game. Remember, they have two games. They play the Raiders on Sunday, Kansas City on Thursday. They have two really big games out of the gate. 
And they probably might sit him for both if he's not ready or one or the other. That was shocking to see that today. So more to get to. We'll get you in here at 702-365-9200. Grimaldi's Pizzeria, cold fire brick oven pizza. Now, why is it so good? It's thin. It's crisp. It's cold fire. It's made in those classic brick ovens that have been around forever. The staff is incredible. They have a deep menu, desserts, salads, and so many different pizza opportunities. It'll blow your mind. Grimaldi's, the best pizza I've ever had. Facilities here are incredible. Um, this is the, the Taj Mahal of football uh, facility. So, um, but yeah, no, it's a great environment. Looking forward to you know to being in the stadium, and, uh, and of course we come back out here in the regular season. So, um, but you know, it's, it certainly looks like they're they're ready for football. The stadium looks good. It certainly looks good. And they got a good team, and a good coach, and a good staff. So, I'm sure, it'll be very competitive. Bill Belichick praising the silver and black and the facility here. You know, that's a big topic for me generally in life. I've had mentors. I'm mentoring people. When you get a chance, that's all your life is. We're on, we're on planet Earth for such a short, short, microscopic moment of time in the big picture. You want to thank the people who helped you get to where you're at, and you want to help the other people that are trying to get there, and hopefully they do better than you. You encourage people to be great, and Belichick – Over the years, he's so loyal. I mean, look at the coaches he brought back. Joe Judge was the head coach of the New York Giants and probably a pretty good coach, and it didn't work. The roster was terrible. He lost every press conference that he had. He he was promising so much at the press conferences. It was just really uncomfortable. And then Matt Patricia got the job in Detroit as the head coach and came in and you know, had the hat on backwards, which I don't care much as some other radio guys who freak out about it. The pencil in the ear, all that. He get fired, and Belichick brings him back. Josh McDaniels went to Denver to become a head coach. Didn't work. Where'd he go? Back to New England for more Super Bowls. I think the Belichick, from what I've heard, and the people that know him, he's a completely different guy in private than he is in front of the media. And he's got to be happy for these guys. He's got several coaches who are here. Right? I saw Mick Lombardi today. Son of Mike Lombardi. Mike was talking to Bill at practice. You have all of these coaches, Dave Ziegler, running around the practice facility saying hi to people from the Patriots. I would hope that Belichick would look at Josh McDaniels and not hope that he wins the Super Bowl beating the Patriots, but is so happy for these guys. They have a brand-new office, brand-new building. Bill Belichick called it the Taj Mahal of the NFL. If you're a proud dad or a proud coach and these are your guys— you got to feel great for them that they're going to have this experience. And I think Belichick is lightening up a little bit. He has in the press conference over the last year or two. 702-365-9200. George in Orange County, California. How are you, George? I'm doing good, JT. How about yourself? Really good. Thank you. i got a question regarding Leatherwood. Mm-hmm. We have such a great uh, rushes such as Jones and Matt. Uh-huh. Are they working with him to get better? Yeah, I mean, the ones aren't working with them every day that way. They In the one-on-one drills, yeah, they are. But it's the, it's the job of Carmen Basilico, the offensive line coach, the offensive line coaches on that staff, 
I talked to Lincoln Kennedy about it. Whenever I see Lincoln, Lincoln wants to help. Lincoln's voice is available. Leatherwood was coached under Nick Saban and his staff at Alabama. I mean, the best coaching staff in all of college. He's had proper coaching. He's running into NFL talent, George, that's overwhelming him or too fast for him on the edge and not as fast on the inside. So, I mean, it's the growth. He's having a bit of a growth issue here where he's not getting better, and I'm surprised by that. I thought, from what I heard being around the building, he had a really active physical. His diet was great. His nutrition was outstanding in the offseason. I thought he'd be better, just like you. Yeah, because uh, you assume with Jones and Max, I mean, go at him, he will get better and better every every game, but it doesn't seem that way. Well, we don't know everything. This is just practice in preseason games. I think you're right about that. We don't know every day. Now, I remember Leatherwood last year, and Vinny pointed it out at the Hall of Fame game in Canton against Jacksonville. He played well. And there were some games where, you know, this last game against Miami, he got bull rushed once and thrown back in to Mullins, and then he got beat around the edge. That happens. You don't want to see it happen. It happened to, it happened to Colt Miller. It happened to Colt Miller in the preseason when he came here and as a rookie. But the problem is you really need Leatherwood to be better. And I'm starting to just say, George, put him inside, put him at right guard, leave him alone, let him practice, let him play. He's going to give up a sack or two. Something's going to happen, but he's too high of a draft pick to throw him away, throw him in a dumpster and say he's done. I'd let him play right guard and let him grow from there. Absolutely. I think they need to work with him and bring in his um, confidence. Yeah, I'm not sure if he has this full of confidence yet, but he needs to build it. I believe he could be a good potential tackle. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's going to play tackle. Thanks for the call. I mean, I, what, what should happen now with Leatherwood is simply this, and I'm not a professional coach. You move him inside the right guard or you have him capable of playing left guard next to Colton Miller. And look, Robert Gowry started off at tackle, the number two pick overall. They moved him inside to guard. He was a good player. He wasn't a pro bowler, which was unfortunate. And Gowry, you know, played in the league longer than you think and was a better guard than a tackle. It's reminding me of this again. Is that it was a a draft pick where the Raiders shouldn't have took him there? Maybe not took him at all. Could have got a better player than him. They took him. Now they have to develop him. And if they don't develop him soon and they don't play him a lot, he won't be here on the team. I mean, Dave Ziegler will eventually eat that contract and move on. I don't think they want to do that now because they like the kid. He's a workaholic. He shows up. And they want to get him some playing time. But it's going to be tough. Look, we've been talking about this for two months, if you're listening to me. Remember I told you for the first two months of you know, camp, before camp started, and even that dead zone before it, I don't talk about the guys who don't make the team. I mean, if you listen to my show every day, and there are other guys who do a better job with depth than I do. I've admitted that from day one. But, you know, we found out earlier today that the Raiders got rid of cornerback Chris Jones and wide receiver Chris, Chris Lacey. You didn't hear me spend 0.000% of my time on those two guys. I didn't think they'd make the team. I'm happy they were here. Respect the hell out of them. I talk about the guys who can help this team win a Super Bowl, and that should be everyone on this 53-man roster and some select players on the practice squad. We're trying to figure out who's going to help stop Bosa and Mac. You understand? We're trying to figure out who's going to stop Bosa and Mac week one. Not the guy who's gone the practice squad who's going from 85 to 80 or 80 to 67. 
So I'm assuming Leatherwood's going to be here. He's not ready to play right tackle against Bosa and Mack. We all know that. If he has to in an emergency, they're going to get him help. They're going to hold the tight end in. Foster Moreau is going to be lined up right next to him, and they're going to leave a back behind him to chip. And they're going to double-team, and they're going to have to hope that Devontae and Hunter and Waller win the one-on-one battles because they're going to be double-team. Pretty easy to tell. Pretty easy to see what's happening here. But I think we're all disappointed with Leatherwood, but I'm not giving up on Leatherwood. No way, no how. Until either he's benched, he doesn't play, he leaves the organization. I know how important Alex Leatherwood is to this team, his professionalism, and how many of his teammates are pulling for him. I want to see the kid do well. So let's give the kid a little bit more of a chance before we write his obituary and throw dirt on him. He's a raider. He lives in this community. He goes to the grocery stores that you do. He rides around town. He goes around your footprint, too. Treat him with respect as he's a member of this team and build him up. Now, if you want to come on Sports Talk Radio, and George didn't do that in, in Orange County. He was very respectful. If you want to just rip the guy and not build his confidence and shred him, he's listening. He's one of those guys who understands social media. He knows exactly what they're saying about him. 702-365-9200. Tank Williams played safety in this league at a high level for three teams. Frequent contributor to the show from Yahoo as an NFL insider. Tank, thanks for joining me here as I'm from the Raiders. I want to start off first with why we booked you on those Dana White comments when he said that Brady and Gronk were that close until Gruden brew up the deal in Vegas. That would have meant no Super Bowl for Tom Brady. I mean, it's so interesting, right? I mean, I think the one thing that surprises me the most is that every one of these stories that comes out that just breaks the internet has something to do with Brady. I mean, it's just amazing that (laughs) whether you're talking about the Patriots or the Buccaneers or the Dolphins and now the Raiders, like his name is always coming up. Like, obviously, he's one of the greatest dudes ever laced it up. And so it's not surprising that people are going to try to cover him. But to have this many storylines about, like, all these kind of you know, behind the closet and, you know, underneath the sink conversations trying to get this dude in different places is just blowing my mind, man. Yeah, it is really interesting to me because there's a couple of images and you played against him and you know he's the GOAT and he proved to be the GOAT and his legacy is untouchable at this point in time. But, man, they were tampering to try to get him from New England and Tampa Bay. They were trying to get him in Miami and if the Raiders were that close, I just think it's Brady looking at the best opportunity for him. Do you think that if he went to the Raiders, they would have been competitive enough? Maybe he gets them to the playoffs, but I didn't think that team was ready for the Super Bowl. And maybe he dodged one because he ended up with Tampa Bay with that great defense and very good offensive line. I mean, that's the thing that really separates when you think about Tampa Bay and what they had on the defensive side of the ball. I believe that separates it. And also, look at those weapons on the offensive side when you have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and what Antonio Brown was able to do. So when you look at the plethora of weapons on the offensive and defensive side of the ball, Tampa Bay was the obvious choice. But that being said, any team where you add Tom Brady to the mix, they're going to automatically be a contender for the Super Bowl. But I think one thing this really speaks to is the relationship between Brady and Bill Belichick, there was always this kind of tension floating around that Belichick really wasn't doing enough toward the latter part of Brady's career to maximize, you know, the greatness that he had as far as, like, putting weapons around him in order for him to go out there and compete for Super Bowls. So he felt it was in his best interest to go to a team that would do that for him. And so that's why, even though we see all these salacious headlines coming up, it's really not that surprising that he's trying to talk to Miami and Las Vegas and all these other teams. He was trying to win because that opportunity for him to win 
you know, him being in his mid-40s right now is so slim. So you kind of understand it, yet at the same time, it's not what you want to see. Tank Williams joins us. Say, Tank, another guy who played your position who's great is Derwin James. But if you look Ooh, at his yeah. career so far, he's only played 36 games. He has yeah. not been available for a lot of these right. games here, but you can't let a talent like him walk out the door. So you're good with the contract he got with the L.A. Chargers? Yeah, the Chargers had to do it. Like you said, he really hasn't been healthy, uh, but the potential is there. When you see Duran James, the way, the best way I can describe him, he's Rick James and Cleeks. He's a super freak, and he's one of those guys that matches up with the biggest mismatch in the game, and that's covering running backs out of the backfield, covering those athletic tight ends up the seam because those guys are usually too quick and athletic for linebackers, and yet at the same time they're too big for cornerbacks. And so you need someone with Duran James skill set that can match them in man-to-man coverage. Yet at the same time he has the range to cover sideline to sideline if he's back in the post and he can fit up in the running game really well. So as long as he can stay healthy, he's an asset that any team would love to have. But, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. Availability is the biggest key, and that's what he needs to be able to do to help that football team because they have a lot of talent spread across the defense and off the side of the ball. I'm excited to really watch the Chargers this year. Hey, hey Tank, what's going on with Andy Reid playing Mahomes so much in the preseason? What's he need to prove there? I mean, Mahomes is out there. I know the ball comes out all right, but if he goes down, they're done. And he's playing some time here. I'm very surprised by this. I didn't see it coming. What about you? Uh, it makes sense. It makes sense. I mean, obviously, there's always that risk of getting one of your key players hurt in the preseason. But, I mean, one of their most deadly weapons is in Miami now. That's Tyree Kill. And so he needs to build a lot of chemistry with Juju Smith-Schuster, who wasn't able to play last week. Marquez Valdez-Scantlin, you know, Miko Harden. He's going to have a big role to play this year. He needs to stay healthy to get those reps. We know what he can do with Travis Kelsey, but it's the rest of those guys. is also getting the timing with the running backs. We also know that that running game has struggled, but I feel like they want to be able to utilize those running backs in the passing game, similar to what Andy Reid was able to do with Brian Westbrook back in the day. So I feel like they need to build that chemistry. That's why he's playing. He's not playing that much, but he's playing enough to show that he can spread the ball around, move the offense, keep everything clicking outside of practice, getting those game reps. So once you get into the regular season, everything's still running smoothly instead of having to start from the ground up. Tank, one of the topics we're talking about because the Forbes list came out on the richest owners in sports, richest franchises, you played for a number of owners there. Does it ever cross your mind when you're practicing or you're out there in the offseason, like the depth of the owner? Because you're going to get paid. You negotiate that contract with your agent and the GM. I'm sure the owner has a say in it, but he basically turns that over to football. How important was it for you to play for the correct ownership and have a relationship with an owner? Can you give us an example of something that worked out really well with the relationship with the owner of one of your teams? Well, I mean, so I can just kind of go through my line because it's pretty quick. I mean, just playing for three teams, but I got drafted by the Titans. In that sense, you really can't determine who you play for. But, I mean, I love my time in Tennessee. Really great fan base. They were coming off a close Super Bowl loss a couple of years before I really got there. And so I felt like every year we had an opportunity. We had Steve McNair, Eddie George, and it seems like the ownership mm-hmm. was trying to keep those play pieces together, at least early on in my career, to try to capture that little small window and win the championship. And then I went to Minnesota, and then they had new – ownership with the Wilson. They were trying to do things with the facility because the Vikings had the oldest facilities in, in the league. And now you see that they have this brand new stadium, brand new facilities. And so they were, you know, beginning to do that when I got there. And so 
actually when they started making those changes, guys that were free agents started to go there. They started winning. They still haven't been able to win a Super Bowl, but it came a more desirable location. And then I finished off my career in New England where they have a new stadium. They have the Patriot Place and everything around there. Mm-hmm. They have the fans that are just rabid about their their team. And we always hear about Robert Kraft and his relationship with Tom Brady and all the other players. And you see when you have that close-knit relationship between ownership, the coaches, and the players, and everyone's buying into this one ethos, and then you end up getting those championships. And so I've seen – the full gamut of things, but I think the way that the Patriots done things, and that's not the only way to do it. You see, you have a laid back atmosphere in Tampa Bay, and what Tom Brady was able to do with that organization. So there's more than one way to skin the cat, but you need that cohesion from ownership all the way down to players in order for it to truly be successful. All right, my friend, we're going to talk to you, and we love having you as a regular throughout the course of the season. Can you give me who you're leaning to? for your Super Bowl pick. I don't know if you're going to have to give it to Yahoo first or what some of your restrictions are, but can you give us a couple of teams that are going to be in your final choices for a Super Bowl pick? Okay, if I had to give you an early, early lane right now, I would say that I really like what the L.A. Chargers have on paper. I believe they have enough weapons in place on defense and offense to get the job done. I believe that they dealt with enough adversity over the past few years where it may finally come together for them. On the NFC, ah, that's where it gets a little tricky. I mean, it's hard to really go against the Rams. I mean, I know they lost some pieces, and I know they're talking about Matthew Stafford, and you always have the Super Bowl hangover. But I feel like they have enough talent in place. With Tampa Bay losing a lot of people along the offensive line, Aaron Rodgers losing his best weapon with uh, Devontae Adams going to Vegas. I mean, it's really hard to pick a team in the NFC. I still need to kind of think on that a little bit, but sure. if you talk about other contenders that were in the playoffs last year, it's really hard to go against the L.A. Rams, just given that the San Francisco 49ers are going to have one of the better defenses. They're going to have the running game and all the weapons coming back, mm-hmm. but can Trey Lance do it in this second year? Uh, that would be a hell of a story if we can, but I guess we just need to watch the season to find out. Can't believe I'm Raider Nation and you're on the Charger bandwagon, man. You're heavy on that bandwagon, man. You were all over hey, that Charger hey, bandwagon. I can hear it. AFC West, though, that, that division is going to be fun to watch this year. Every damn game you, in that division is going to be incredible. It is. Thank you, Tank. All the best. Enjoy the rest of the summer. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Look forward to the season. Always look forward to talking to you, Tank Williams. Chargers, there's another Chargers guy. Former player picking the Chargers, man. I tell you, man, I don't ever want anything. All I want is a credential and maybe an invitation for a bucket of Modellos. But someday, the Raider Nation will thank me. Thank me personally, every member, for reminding you all how the Chargers get all this false hype. God knows what you do without me. Every day I remind you that there's some type of Charger this, Charger that going on and a lack of respect for the silver and black. Every day of my life. I deal with this, and I remind you of it and tell you of it because I know you can't follow it all as closely as I do. The false prophet known as the L.A. Chargers. T in Rochester, New York. What's happening, T? How you doing, JT? Thanks for taking my call. Thank you. Yeah, hey, I, just, I just wanted to say um, Raider Nation should be cheering Ziggler McDaniels again today with that J.C. Jackson news because can you imagine if we would have spent all that money on him and he was going to be out for four weeks? to be the savior of the secondary. I mean, these guys are killing it. They're smart. 
Well, I mean, pain. we can't. So hold on, let me stop you for a second. The guy got sure. the guy got a two to four week injury. I mean, that that doesn't define his career. I mean, look, he might turn out to be a Pro Bowler for three years and win a Super Bowl, and the Raiders could have got him. So let, let's put it in perspective. But I but I get what you're saying today. Well, the perspective is that you don't think that he just all of a sudden realized he needed this ankle surgery. He got his payday, and then he got his ankle surgery. That's the way I see it. But anyways, I'm really happy with how the Raiders are looking. Looking forward to a great year. Go Raiders. Yeah, I'm looking forward to a good year, too. A very good year. We try to dip the show in reality with all the injuries that could happen, which hopefully won't happen. How difficult the schedule is. What's going to happen with the depth of the team? We're, we're trying to keep everything in perspective for everybody here, but I'm really excited. I picked the Raiders to win nine games last year. They won 10. I thought I got it right. And this year, I'm around 10. I, I cannot find the 11th and 12th game today until this right tackle thing gets figured out. And I got two weeks before I got to make up my mind on how many games they'll win. But I'd take 10 right now in the playoffs. I know some Raider fans won 12 or 13. And the Las Vegas media here has a different opinion. And then the Vegas sports books have the Raiders at eight and a half. I'm thrilled I'm partnered with Resorts World on the Strip. Check out Red Tail at Resorts World. It's a social interactive gaming lounge with sports betting on site, live entertainment, dueling pianos, three private karaoke rooms. And they have what's called the drama before the party at Red Tail because it's a spot. And it helps you get into Zook Nightclub. You go to the front of the line to enter the club. And if you haven't been to Zook Nightclub, it's the biggest nightclub in the world. So get your pre-party in at Red Tail and then get online to the front of the line at Zook Nightclub and check out Resorts World's Summer Nights Concert Series throughout August at Resorts World Event Center. Yeah, there's definitely a few um, few things um, I want to do. Um, I'm not, you know, I don't like to make any predictions or anything like that. You know, I kind of keep that to myself, but um, I'm super fired up. You know, I just want to keep improving and, and taking the next step. So, uh, you know, every single day is, is an important day for me. Um, and I feel like today was another day where I got better and um, trying to make my teammates better. You know, especially it's, it's hot. We're a month, over a month into camp, um, going against somebody else, doing a lot of, a lot of different things, but... Um, you know, I'm just trying to improve every single day. That's all. That's all I can do. You know, I, I don't try to think too far ahead. Think about the past. Today was practice. You know, I, it happened. It happened. I'm watch the film, get better from it, um, and show up and be better tomorrow. So, fired up. That's Max Crosby. Welcome back, everybody. As we wrap it up, thanks to the entire Raider team here, Alexandra, the whole crew. As I had a great time today. Love being in the facility. Love being in the building. Uh, Derek Carr spoke today. Mad Max, Jonathan Hankins, Brandon Bolden. I'm sure Q's going to have a lot of that. He's got a big show. As Q is always here, always at practice, always programming, always hosting. So he is coming up next. Big shows the rest of the week, and then Friday. Got a huge opportunity in that final preseason game. It's alumni weekend. If you're a Raider fan, and I know you are, you're listening to the flagship, a lot of surprises, a lot of great legends in town, and I'm happy to be a part of it and to tell those stories. So that's coming up starting Thursday all the way through Sunday morning, Raiders alumni weekend. Thanks to Bobby who put the show together, all of our partners. Thanks for listening, everybody. Appreciate it. We're back here again tomorrow. I'll be back in the studios. And look forward to coming back to the last Raider practice.
before training camp ends. Have a great day, everyone.